0: Good morning, good morning. <laughs> Breakfast is sponsored in loving memory of Linda Falak, Alea shmat, Yafa Bat Mazal, sponsored by her son, Jack Cookie Falak. Breakfast is also sponsored in loving memory of Joseph Zaytuni, Alea Yosef Ben Esther. Ashalom, sponsored by Lina and Albert Nigri. Azaku We also have the... Uh, Anonymous coffee donor, mm-hmm. whose uh, whose name and uh, identity are a complete mystery, um, but we would like to uh, uh, we would like to thank them for uh, for the donation and the name is. Do you remember the name. I can't give you the name. No, no, not the name. That's the, the dedication for it. I, if I ask the person okay. Abraham, it's a little too obvious. Abraham. Okay, well <laughs> God knows I have who it is. <laughs> God, right. God knows who it is, and uh, we'll do the dedication. Hashem <laughs> as well. and, oh, and, and our words of Torah should as well be in their in their uh, in their memory. Okay. So there's a magnificent idea. <clears throat> there's a magnificent idea that I wanted I wanted to share with everybody about Noah. Now we understand that after the devastation of the world that he lived in, the previous world that he lived in, Noach steps out onto new ground and has to rebuild a brand new uh, a brand new world. And the midrash says, interestingly enough, that uh, Noach it was different than Moshe Rabenu. With Moshe Rabenu, it says he was Ish Mitzri. Remember. When he first comes to the well, and in the end of his tenure as the leader of the Jewish people, it calls Moshe Ish Hayelokim. So he moves from a man who was a man, an Egyptian man, to Ish Hayelokim. With Noah, interestingly enough, it starts off and tells us about Noah Ish Tzaddik Tamei Bayabedorotav et Etalech Noah. Right, and then it goes all the way to tell us that Noach, at the end of his life, he's described as Isha Adama, a man of the earth. So the Midrash points out how for some people, their journey is a journey which uh, travels ever upward. It moves from Ish Mitzri all the way to Ish Elohim. And for some people, their journey is uh, in parallel contradistinction from Ish, uh, you know, Ish Sadiq, to where it's almost like a kamikaze flying into the earth Ish, isha Adama So the question is what is the lesson what are we being taught uh, by the fact that the Midrash brings this to our attention and I think that there's something here that which is, which is remarkable The Gemara says in the name of Rabbi Akiva that if a person had children when they were young they should attempt to have children when they are old If they had a business when they were young they should attempt to do business when they're old If they learned Torah and taught Torah they had students when they were young. They should have students when they were old. And it's very poignant to hear those words coming out of the mouth of Rabbi Akiva. Because Rabbi Akiva built up a, 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 an empire of 24,000 students. And what happened to those students? All of them gone in one period of time in this disease around the time of right up leading up to Lagva Omer. So what does he do? He takes his own advice and he starts again. And what does he start again? He starts again with five students. Five students from the Darom. And the Gemara says that from those five students, um, someone who taught 24,000 students. And what does he do? He doesn't rebuild 24,000. He doesn't rebuild 12,000 or 5,000. He rebuilds five people. And the Gemara says, Edu testifies that those five people, those five students a Rabbi Akiva, were what brought and, and were able to preserve the Torah for the Jewish people forever. Could you imagine if Rabbi Akiva would have said, Hadje, I'm too old. Let the young bloods come along. Let the new rabbi, the assistant rabbi, let him run the classes. I'm going to ride off into the the sunset. The Gemara is telling us the Jewish people would have lost Torah forever. Now, Rabbi Akiva, he was no young blood to begin with. He only starts learning Torah at the age of 40. So Rabbi Akiva's life teaches us one thing maybe more importantly than all, all, all else and that is it is never ever ever too late. So every person really should ask themselves, I've had great experiences in my life, I've done wonderful things, I have great education, I've done an amazing move, I sold this, I bought this, I started this, I created this, I invented this, beautiful. That's what you made yesterday. What'd you make today what have you done with me? if you started with Ish, Ish uh, Sadiq, don't wind up being Ish Adama. Huh? Okay. If you start with Ish Mitzri, don't worry, this is not the end of your story. There's many, many more chapters to be written until maybe in the final chapter they write about you. Isha Elohim, what a magnificent idea! Now, our generation today is witnessing this concept, maybe in a way. Where no other generation in the history of mankind has ever seen, the average uh, lifespan of a person, for however long, was seventy years, eighty years, right? Maximum, David Amelech says, the years of a person Shivim shana in big vurot shmonim shana if if you have um, tr- tremendous might, maybe then eighty years. That was what David Amelech was talking about. Um, you know, at different times of humanity, we find that life expectancy drops. During the Middle Ages, I think it was something like 35, 40 years old, people were dying. Okay? We live in a generation, they call it the silver tsunami. Did you ever hear this terminology? The silver, silver hair, like a tsunami of older people that all of a sudden, a system that was designed to provide social security... It was never intended for this amount of people who were retiring. So suddenly, they're realizing that people who are retiring and have to give more and more and more people alive. Thank God to the advancements of medicine and understanding of health. And slowly but surely, people are starting to live 80, 90, 100 years. All of a sudden, you have more people living longer, and each person is living longer. So suddenly, Social Security is not cutting it, and the age of retirement is creeping up from 65. To 75, to 85, I'm telling you, I know people who are 70, 75 years old, I, they, it's like they're in the prime of their life. I know a guy from London, a very dear friend of mine, He's not only is he skiing at 72 years old, there's a kind of skiing where you jump out of the helicopter at the top of the mountain. Because it's not good enough to go up the regular ski lift. I want to ski a more virgin trail than that. So I think, I don't know, hella skiing? I don't even know. Sorry? Hella skiing. Hella skiing. The guy's getting dropped off from a helicopter. He's, in England, they would call him an OAP, an old age pensioner. And look at the guy. 70 is the new 40. I don't know what the new 40 is. I feel like I'm bar mitzvahed. But either way, the point is... We're sitting here looking at a generation that that is expanding. And on the one side, we're looking at that and saying, "Oh gosh, there's an issue with social security. But in Judaism, there's a very different look, a very different uh, uh, viewpoint on this. And that is in Judaism, old people are not a burden. They're not something that needs to be carried. Old old person, an old person, old people are something to be revered and to be shown tremendous. Honor to in fact what do we find in the Torah you have to stand up for your father everybody knows you got to stand up for the rabbi everybody knows you have to stand up for old person do you know that the pasuk says the zaken. In, in Judaism we oh, we respect a person's age for many different reasons but sometimes I feel that <coughs> When uh, you have respect, other people respect you, sometimes a person forgets to respect themselves. So maybe your kids are standing up for you when you walk in the room. Maybe you're commanding the respect of the younger generation. But I think also sometimes people, as they get older, also need to be reminded that life is not over. You're not going anytime soon. What's your 5, 10, 20-year plan? Now, who makes 20-year plans? 20-year-olds. But really, it shouldn't be that way anymore. If this is what the scientific data is, if this is what the norm seems to be, so what's our plan? What do we want to do? What do we want to plan on? Now, I'm, of course, starting this discussion or this idea, planting it in your mind, in one arena. But I also think that there's a whole other arena in which we need to ask ourselves this question. You know, I look at somebody, and the guy tells me, He's a, you know, he's a very well-read person. Guy makes very insightful and incisive comments all the time. And I said to him, you know, why don't you read this sefer? I think you'd love it. And he says to me, Rabbi, I can't read Hebrew. I said, you can't read Hebrew? Look how much you know. Look how much you study. You telling me you study hours every day. He says, I do. I study hours, but I study in English. Wow. Wow. Could you imagine if a guy went to school and they said, you know what? You don't speak Hebrew yet, so we're not going to teach you Hebrew. You know the ABCs? Khalas, forget the Aleph Bet. They would never do that. It's just that because a person is already an adult, not if they're old, they say, I don't know it. If I don't know it, it's too late. It's never too late. If you don't know Hebrew, go yourself a tutor, call up Azur, whoever it is. We'll set you up. Everybody's got to find someone that works for them. Not every tutor works for everybody. You got to find someone that works for you. Start with Aleph Bet. That's what you do today. Tomorrow, you start with putting nikudot. The day after that, you start with reading a couple lines. I always tell people that it's ideal to pray in any language because that's halakha. But that's ideal for now. It's ideal for now. You need to embark on a process by which you're learning to read Hebrew. God gave us a Torah. He didn't give us art scroll. He gave us a luchot, He gave us a Torah. In Lashon HaKodesh, so much of the wisdom of Torah doesn't translate into the English because at best it's translating one level or one dimension of the prism that each word gives us if you've ever come to the classes in Shabbat you'll know how much do we learn from understanding the different meanings of the spelling of the word of the other letters that, the, the letters that make up other words that are using the same letters as this and how those words are connected there's so much wisdom that we're missing out on however old you are Today, pick up the phone, send us an email in the shul, we'll try and set you up with someone to teach you how to read Hebrew, to teach you how to speak Hebrew. It's so important. This is a birthright. Lashon HaKodesh was given to the Jewish people. It's the language of God. We should be, as Be'ezat Hashem, be learning how to read. And those of you who know how to read, and you're reading the parasha, shnai mikra targum. that was great. You did that last year? What are you doing this year? Which commentary are you going to pick up? You're gonna try and read. The other day I was reading in Rashi and I said, Guys, look down at Rashi. The guy said, Oh, those I don't understand those letters. This is a guy who's studying every single day. There's nothing that stands in the in front of a person that has a will to do something. And the only question is how we define what it is that we really want to do. You're doing Chumash? Did you tackle Mishnah? You're doing Mishnah, could you tackle Gemara? You know, there should come a day where every person in this room and in this community could open up a Shulchan Aruch and learn the Halakha for themselves. You can't understand Shulchan Aruch? No problem. Hamovad, made it even more accessible. Yakut Yosef. It's very easy, straightforward Hebrew. It's not complicated. We should be studying and learning ourselves. The problem is that we all tell ourselves, and the irony is, we tell ourselves this at a radically wide range of ages. We tell ourselves three words. I'm too old or it's too late rubbish <clears throat> rubbish Moshe becomes the leader of the Jewish people at 80 years old wow. Rabbi Akiva cracks his first book at 40 he builds all of his students after losing everything he builds again this is Rabotai this is uh, the gift of life the gift of life is the gift of new opportunities. What are we doing with today? Baruch Adonai Amen.